In a culture of people focused on self-glorification, personal gain, and Instagram over experiences, to truly serve God, love people, and tell your own story, well that, that is living boldly. Over these next few minutes, we want to explore what living for God in this crazy culture looks like and how we can daily make that choice to live bold. Welcome to the Live Bold Podcast. All right, welcome to the Live Bold Podcast, everybody. I hope you're having a great morning, evening, noon, afternoon. I don't know when it is, but welcome (laughs) to the Live Bold Podcast. I am your host, Harold and sitting across the mic from me, as always, is Christian. How you doing, brother? Doing great. Wow. Doing wonderful. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this. It has nothing to do with the rest of the episode, but I'm sitting here, and this is the first time we've recorded since the time change happened uh, last time. Oh, Sunday. yeah. That's right. And I'm, I'm sitting here <laughs> thinking, I'm like, man, is it like 6 o'clock at night? Because it's about to sunset here in a minute. Has that affected you very much? I mean, probably more up there, a little more north. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. It gets dark around 5 o'clock now. So, yeah. you know, my internal clock is all messed up. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it messes with me a lot. Like, being pitch black at, like, 540. <laughs> like, let's we got to go to bed. We forgot to eat dinner, but it's 6 o'clock. Yeah. We got to go to bed. <laughs> I feel that. But uh, anyway, we record this in the afternoon, if you guys didn't know that. And so it just like kind of feels kind of like golden hour right now, which it might be. But anyway, none of that's the point. Welcome to the Live Bold podcast, everybody. Um, (laughs) Each week or each couple of weeks when we record one of these episodes, we like to kind of dive into God's word, but more more on the idea of culture and kind of our perspective, because the Live Bold idea comes from serving God loving people, and then telling your story and how that all works together as Christians and how we kind of see the world a little bit differently. So if you don't know myself, uh, myself and Christian both serve in ministry roles in some some way in the Northwest. I would say I'm in Wyoming and Christian's up there in uh, Idaho. Wow. Couldn't think of the state there. I was like, over by Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. It's a frying pan. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And uh, so that's kind of the perspective we come from when we talk about issues and just kind of the world around us and the church when we talk here on the Live Bold podcast. So this week, uh, we've been kind of brainstorming some ideas, and I thought this one was pretty timely for Christian since he's been working on a few things. But this week, we are going to talk about how God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Mm. And, And I think... That's just kind of, it's kind of a mouthful to say, but man, it sounds good. It's a good saying when you take it and you can flip the meaning both ways, right? But I think the important part is that he doesn't call the qualified. And that's kind of where I think we want to talk about a little bit today. So Christian, I'm going to hand it to you for a few seconds about what you think about this topic and where you kind of think we are in the church and in the world with it right now. Yeah. So this is something that I've been trying to um, champion a lot lately, um, as of late in my life in general. Um, and 
One of my favorite uh, Bible verses is John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. And I've talked about that plenty of times on this show and on my own show. Um, but I think within the church, we could do a better job at, at opening up the conversation of what it means to be used by God. Because, you know, I think sometimes we're like Moses, try to find every excuse in the book. You know, Moses is like, hey, I'm not a good speaker. And God's like, well, what if I grab Aaron to be your mouthpiece? So too bad. You're going to, you know, and so yeah. to me, it's, it's, we make constant excuses for it within the church that God can't use me for this or that. And today I was, um, I have this right now media um, subscription and yeah. I was watching some videos by Tim Tebow, who was a um, NFL quarterback. Um, yeah, yeah, football. He's great, great guy. Um, got some great um, topics, but he was talking about how, um, you know, he didn't think God was going to use him and he was in his championship game and he put the verse Philippians 4.13 on his eye black, um, which is, if you don't know anything about football, that's what they wear under their um, eyes when they go to okay. play yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, and so he, he went to do that. And after he did that, you know, they started, you know, Florida Gator fans are like intense, right? And so they started like selling it at the bookstore, at the library, just Philippians 4.13. People would be yelling at to be like, yeah, Tim Tebow, Philippians 4.13, without having any idea what yeah. it actually means. Right. And then he gets to the national championship game. And the night before, his coach was like super, like superstitious, right? And so he's like, I think I'm going to change the verse to John 3.16. And his coach was like, what? you can't do that. Like Philippians 4.13 got us here. Like you can't, <laughs> you're going to mess with the mojo. But he does it in, like, he does it anyway. He, you know, the coach um, understands. And after the game, he talks about how 94 million people looked up what John 3.16 was. Huh. 94 million people. And later on, it, it, he talks about, um, not to make this super long story, but okay. later when he gets in the NFL and when he's playing, against Pittsburgh um, in the in the playoffs, one of his PR guys comes up to him after the game, after they won, and he's like, do you realize what just happened? He's like, no. And, you know, he had put John 316 on yeah. there, ever since college, never thought about it really again, you know. He had 316 yards completion. Huh. His, yards, his yards per completion were 31.6. His rushes per attempt were 3.16. And... After the game, 400 million people, that's like way more than what he had at Florida, looked up what John 3.16 was. And he said throughout this talk, he's like, you know, sometimes we we try to limit God, you know, like, God, how are you going to use me in this? And he, like, he just said he felt so small in that moment because here's God using one little statement, one Bible verse on someone's uniform mm -hmm. and make reaching a million people. So... I guess my uh, whole thought process behind that and what I've been trying to champion is that we can never really know the impact we have on people um, yeah. because God knows, you know, and God can use us. And he, he does it throughout scripture constantly. We look at characters like David and Moses, but talking about this in my other podcast, very passionate about it. Yeah. But the whole Bible, in essence, the whole story that this is, you know, it, it, it's one after the other, God using ordinary people to do extraordinary things or totally. calling the unqualified, you know? And so, yeah. And yeah. it's crazy. I, I like your little, um, you know, modern story there too, is as, as Christians, we, John three sixteen is, is far down the, you know, 
the foundation of where we stand, we forget it's there at times, right? John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that we may not perish but have everlasting life, depending on your version, right? And it's crazy Mm -hmm. to think that millions and millions of people don't even know what that verse says. And so coming back to what we're talking about, and we're going to talk about it in a few different lights here as well, but coming back to that, taking something we've said a couple of times here is you might be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. Well, that is exactly that in action because that was the only time those people, obviously they didn't know what it meant. So that was the time where they were exposed to the word of God and just a simple verse that says why God did what he did and who he did it for, which is you. And so that, that is pretty crazy. And I like that story because of that, because, you know, who knows where those people came or went or anything after that, but either way, Tim Tebow, the football player was used as a gospel messenger in those few moments, whether or not he was, he was qualified to or not. (laughs) Right. Well, and that's something he said in there. He's like, at first I thought, how did nine mil four? He's like, at first I thought, how did ninety four million people not know what John three sixteen yeah. is? And then he said, "Wow, ninety four million people don't know what John three sixteen is." And I had a chance to reach them, and it's it's right. just cool. Like his whole testimony about um, his time in the NFL and and where how he's taken those experiences throughout sports and switched them into yeah. uh, preaching the gospel is very. He has a foundation now, and it's just super inspiring to me. Yeah, but, I think. And it kind of leads into, I think there's kind of two sides to this. First off, you can think of yourself as not qualified. Um, And and that happens in a bunch of various different ways. I think kind of a way we see it in the church a lot is we, we look to our preachers and pastors and leaders and we say, well, you know, that's what those people went to school for. That's what they have a degree in. That's what they're trained or practiced in. And so for me, I can't. I'm I'm just going to, you know, be a pew person. I can't be a teacher and preacher and, and whatever. But on the opposite side of that, so that's the personal side of that. On the opposite side of that, we have this this cultural problem as well, both in in our Americanness and in our church culture that really does affirm that thought process that says, "You know what? The preachers have degrees." The pastors have went to school and the leadership has, you know, years of wisdom and and qualifications and all of this stuff. And those coming together is really where I see kind of sadly, I see a lot of people saying, well, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to be God's workmanship. I'm not qualified to be the one I hit on a lot is because I'm, I'm a preacher, right? I'm not qualified to be a preacher. Yeah. Well, I think, and we'll look at some scripture throughout the rest of this episode, but I really think there's no such thing as not being qualified to be a preacher. <laughs> no, and I, I, I look at my uh, dad as a good example of that, like, um, you know, my dad went to preaching school, but he didn't, he didn't finish. Um, and he, he is preaching at a really small congregation and literally is stacked up against to what the world thinks that you have to be yeah. to be a minister. Yeah. And my dad has done great work in Miles City um, and actually took a pay cut to take that job for the reason of building up the kingdom, you know. And so, 
my brother Jerry's a good example of that too. And uncle Bill, you know, like I can, you know, everyone I'm talking about, but <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, totally. And, and you know, <laughs> this doesn't necessarily, I, I know where your dad went to school. Cause I went to school there many years after him and I can understand <laughs> yeah. why he didn't make it through the whole program. Cause it's hard <laughs> mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. takes, consumes your life uh, completely for some years. And then you come out and you're like, uh, it's it's like whoa! What is this? It's a whole new world. I haven't seen this world. I've been so <laughs> engulfed in this one room at a school, but um, but yeah, I think it's really interesting. You and I both, because we're we're kind of in the same realm. We know the same people in a lot of ways. We have multiple examples of people who uh, are ministers, people who work in the church, and do not have what the world would say are the proper qualifications. Right. And and you just listed off some of them. I mean, your dad, sure, we can use that one. But your brother as well is a minister, but he's got a you know two year degree, <laughs> right? I've got a a bachelor's degree, but a lot of people would say you know you got to have a master's. And then we know or people doctor. <laughs> or doctorate, right? We got to be a doctor. <laughs> a lot of churches love their doctor preachers. And then we have a lot of people that serve in, in the roles of elders or deacons that definitely don't have anything like that. Um, just yeah. service servants or service leaders. And unfortunately, um, we, we've been saying the world here, but unfortunately this is something that really, really plagues the church. And yes. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it over to you here in a second and then I'll, I'll share some experience as well. But have you ever seen within the church people saying, man, I'm going to be careful. I say this saying that you need qualifications saying you need certain qualifications. Yes. To put it uh, bluntly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I grew up as a preacher's kid, so I saw a lot of politics in the church. Yeah. Um, and that was tough. Uh, that was tough to see. And you know, my dad, I was on the phone with him the other day cause I had, um, he's the guy I just vent to in ministry mm-hmm. and like, we'll call and just talk about stuff. And I said, how do you deal like with with politics in the church? How do you, how do you? He's like, well, son, I could give you a one one uh, step answer, but there isn't one. And he, <laughs> then he, you know, and you know, he he's like, I he he's even went through stuff that he hasn't even told his kids, you know. And it's 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 interesting because I have heard people say like, well, maybe if you had a bachelor's or a doctorate or something like that, you know. And it's hard to 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 think that way, and I. And, and I try to be sympathetic with those people and, and, and see where they're coming from, you know, because yeah. I think we are called to, you know, find middle ground with people as much as we can. Yeah. Um, but I do think there is a dangerous, I'll say pandemic, uh, going, I guess, uh, through, <laughs> no, 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 no pun intended, no pun intended. Uh, go, going through like the church when it comes to, you have to have all these qualifications mm-hmm. to preach. And when you look at people in the New Testament, who were ministers, like you look at Paul, made tents. Yeah. We were like, just talking about that the other day. You know, like Yeah, I was just in, in Acts Acts eighteen just the other day. And um so that's that's where we first see Priscilla and Aquila come into the story of the church and they're tent makers. Paul's a tent maker with them for sounds like a couple of years, at least a year and a half. He spends time with them and, and builds tents. So Paul out of all the people, and, and we can talk about him a little bit more, is, I mean, he's he's a worker and he's a minister. You know, he 
And so if, if that says something about his qualifications, well, it says maybe he's doing some other stuff yeah. at the same time. You know, he's not um, getting his doctorate in church planting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though that's right. what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's really sad. I think I think you're absolutely right is we want to find some unity on that. And we've shared before, unity is a whole episode waiting to happen. It's on the list. Um and, and kind of, I guess we have to understand that some of those people might be the weaker brother in that situation where they think, you know, the, uh, the pieces of paper you hang on your wall determine how much <laughs> effectiveness you have for the, the kingdom. Um, yeah. But I, I, I strongly, and this is my opinion coming in, and we'll break into the scripture here in a moment, but I strongly, strongly think that is the wrong mindset. The wrong yeah. mindset is thinking any worldly qualification is going to do better work for God. And I strongly, strongly will take that stance. And it's just really sad to me when I see people, see people saying things opposite of that. I had a classmate, um, as we were finishing up school, apply for a job. And, uh, I just remember they told him, well, if you had a real degree, you could, make more money. And I was like, a real degree. So a master's degree instead of a bachelor's (laughs) degree, right? Bachelor's. Yeah. And I was just like, man, that's such a sad place to be because first off talking about the amount of degrees and as your effectiveness. And then secondly, making it a money thing. It was just very, very saddened by that. Well, and and most of us don't enter ministry for money. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, if you enter, if that's your reason, that's probably um, probably a struggle for you. If yeah. it come if it comes later, if God blesses you, there's nothing wrong with that. No, but if no, that's no. your reason for entering ministry. I'm not sure how effective you're gonna be. <laughs> um, but but and I've also I also I mean I hate to be so hurt by this, but I have been hurt by people in the past. I've also been in ministry situations where before I had a degree, um, basically being told to go take classes at college. Because, you know, you got to do that. And I'm like, well, well why? Well, because you got to do that. And so, you know, it's like, why why do I need to take math classes to be a minister? <laughs> well, because you got to have a degree. Who says? You know, nobody says that. Yeah. And now I sit here with a degree and it's kind of like, kind of wish I didn't have it because I really do promote <laughs> the fact that you don't have to have any right. qualification to be God. Well, and I think, I think that's important for our listeners to understand is that this is coming from two people who have a bachelor's degree in ministry. Like this is coming from two people who have sure. went through the system who have, have, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. You know, I, I will say I, I really appreciated the education I got at York college. It really helped me mm-hmm. and I wouldn't change that decision to go, but I'm saying, and I think what we're saying is you don't need it necessarily yeah. to go into ministry. It does help. Like there are some classes, like I was super blessed to be able to take a class called archaeology and Paul and all these other classes that I wouldn't have any other chance and just really yeah. deep in my spiritual um, formation. But you don't need it because everything you need is right here in the Bible. You know, right. it's just a matter of, yeah. of digging into it and, and, and things like that. And I think Christian's right on the right track, you know, especially with my studies is it taught me a lot of how to study study the word of God even better. And that's what we, we ultimately, everything is based on. Just like Christian said, it's all right there. It's just, how are we going to take it out and get out of the way and deliver it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, but also, you know, some of the things that I'm sure you learned too, is 
that I really worked on was formation of, of preaching and talking yes. and the public speaking part of it. Um, that terrified me, terrified me yeah. before I took my, my few years of school. Understand and, that. <laughs> and now it, you know, it still, it still gives me the butterflies up until the first words are spoken on stage every Sunday. But, you I know, <laughs> I, it, it's something I'm, I'm way more comfortable with now. I do it every week and it's kind of what I'm known for now because I have a unique way of preaching and that's what I do. I am a preacher. And so <laughs> going right. from one end to the other, I learned a lot at school. I learned a lot, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's, that's what it takes to be a work, a worker, a minister, a teacher, a servant, uh, a prophet, a disciple for God. <laughs> it doesn't take. Well, and I, and I always put it like this, you know, as many of you know, I'm a worship minister too. And so, yeah. you know, besides just being terrified to speak to the youth and hoping that I'm giving them good information to base their Christian walk on. The other thing I got to worry about is, well, I got to keep in tune. I got to keep tempo up, you know, all these, all these technical things. And I look at it like this, you know, I've been leading songs ever since I was five years old. That's just how it was done yeah. in my household. Like my dad's, you know, as soon as my dad heard that I could t- carry a tune, he's like, all right, get up there, son. You know, <laughs> And so that's a, small and I, I, that's a small right. Church. And, and I grew up, you know, after I was baptized, I grew up when I would go to co- like, we'd go to Culbertson and have these little like get togethers and, and, you know, cause you were at some of them too. Yeah. And I would get up there and lead a song and sometimes it would be terrible. And sometimes I would be so terrified that I would like miss a note, but I would still do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I look at me going to college and being in choir that helped develop my voice a lot yeah. that helped, you know, enrich it. But I always have had the, had the skills that God has blessed me with for that. And being able to understand that this, that school helps with that. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make you qualified for it. It just helps enrich what you have already accomplished. And if you don't want to go to school, that's perfectly fine because God still works through people who don't go to college. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and another aspect of this too, I know we've kind of been ranting about like university here for a second, but there, there, there's a lot of options when it comes to this too. I think, you know, especially if you're in, in the restoration movement, like we are, um, you know, the, yeah. the big Christian colleges, you, you know, you know, Lipscomb, Abilene, Harding, Harding, you know, some of these, um, huge ones, but also Pepperdine, Pepperdine's big one. Right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other options too. Like actually kind of where both of us went, you went to a a decently well-known York college in, in Nebraska. And then where I went, you know, Sunset International Bible Institute really kind of is a hybrid of voc, you know, vocationally being a minister and that university setting. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of options. And for me, kind of one of those hybrid unconventional options was perfect because of finances and life and all of that. Right. So yeah. just, just saying, coming back to our topic here, that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. We're talking about the second part of that right now. Once you, when, when you see that you've been called by God, that means that you know maybe you're challenged a little bit to become more qualified because you see the calling and you want to do your very best and i mean that's still a challenge for me uh christian every day that i you know when i preach or teach i'm speaking god's word and i got to be careful to not speak anything else because 
I don't want my qualifications of anything else I've ever learned to get in the way because I've been called. I understand that. That's, that's, you know, that's why John 3.30 has been this big, just this big explosion in my life. Hmm. My, it's my favorite verse in the Bible. It's super simple. It's not long. It's not like, it's not prophetically profound necessarily. It's simple. Yeah. I got to decrease when I'm teaching. And I, you know, I think about that when I, when I teach to the youth and, you know, I have such a passion for youth ministry and raising up the next generation of the church. But sometimes I get so excited about that. I, I lose a little bit of what, of what God's trying to speak through me. And hmm. something I've been doing, I've been teaching a little bit on a book called Jesus Creed by Scott McKnight. And I have been teaching on the idea of the Shema, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mm-hmm. strength. And then that Jesus amends it by saying, love your neighbor as yourself. I've been saying that every every morning, every Sunday morning when I get up and every time I leave my house, that is something I utter to myself because in essence, that whole thing is love God, love others. So every time I leave my house, like it's literally posted above my door right now, love God, love others. Today, I'm going to go to the bank or I'm going to go to the post office. <laughs> yep. I'm going to love God and love others. Yeah. And that it, it changes my perspective, especially when we talk about, yeah, I may think I'm not qualified, but we are qualified enough to love God and love others. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that kind of, that redefines qualification and that ties in really good uh, to this scripture I was going to bring Christian. And mm. I'm, I'm looking at first Corinthians chapter one. And if you guys want to open Ooh. up there, first Corinthians chapter one is a, I don't know, just these verses speak to me a lot. I'm going to read all of them and you can take bits of them that you like, but depending on your Bible, you probably have a heading there that talks about the wisdom and the worldly wisdom versus the power of God or the wisdom of God or something like that. (laughs) But the first two verses that I'm going to read is first Corinthians 18 and 19, and then I'll go through the end of the chapter, but let's read 18 and 19. I'm going to use the NLT here. First Corinthians 1, 18 and 19, the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it's the very power of God. As scriptures say, I will destroy the wise, the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. Ooh. Hmm. So I like we, that. <laughs> when we talk about the cross and God, what is qualified? What is wisdom? Well, it's completely redefined, right? Mm. Because worldly wisdom worldly qualifications to the world the cross seems foolish but to you know christ followers that's what it's all about <laughs> it's all about christ on the cross but if yeah, you, yeah and, and it's just like hmm okay so qualification is completely redefined it's completely redefined for us but I'm going to keep reading this. I'm going to finish out through the end of uh, end of the chapter, if that's cool with you. If you guys are along for the ride, 10 more verses. <laughs> <laughs> but let me read these for you. I'm going to keep reading out of the NLT, verse 20. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars, the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of the world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. Pause there for a second. He's <laughs> used foolish preaching to save those. Not yeah. wise in the world, but idiots. <laughs> <laughs> idiots just saying the word. 
those who believe will still be saved through that. Or actually, that's what he uses, right? Crazy. Verse 22. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. It's foolish to the Greeks who ask for human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ who was crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's nonsense. But those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Mm. The foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. And God's weakness is stronger than the greatest human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that a few of you were wise in the world's eyes and you were powerful and wealthy when God called you. Instead, God chose those things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and he used them to bring nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom himself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only in the Lord. <laughs> and I'm, I know that was a lot of reading for this podcast, but man, that just reforms everything <laughs> And I'm going to use wisdom and qualification kind of simultaneously here. Everything about wisdom of the world, it reforms it into this light of it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't right. matter what the wisdom of the world is because when you follow Christ, all of it is changed and the wisdom is God and his sacrifice of his son. That's what wisdom is. <laughs> mm. And so that's, those scriptures are what challenge me to not get caught up in the studies of this world. Because no matter what it is, I think this really speaks to it. Even if it's good, profitable, you know, you're studying evangelism and outreach and church growth. All of that is still just of the world. But the real yeah. point is the cross, the cross, the cross. That's the true wisdom. Nothing of this world. So that's my scripture that I, I thought was powerful <laughs> I, I just this is something that is is really close to my heart and so it just speaks to me a lot to share things like that no i, I really appreciate that and i think that's a a very good uh a series of, of scriptures there because it puts the light back that that god can use us no matter whether we think he can or not and mm -hmm. one of um another one of my favorite verses you know it's not my favorite verse but it's another <laughs> it's another one of them is is uh, when when Paul's writing his letter to Timothy, um, his second letter, he he says, you know, for God has not given us a spirit spirit of fear, but uh -huh. He's given us a spirit um, of power, of love, and of discipline. Or some some say sound mind, some say timidity, um, or some say has not given us a spirit of timidity or or fear. And when I think of that, it's like God has so much more planned for us in our life that we have no idea. Yeah. God has so much stuff that he, we haven't even scratched the surface of yet. And for us to say that he can't use this is kind of like saying, mm. it's kind of like a slap in the face to God because it's saying, I do have a spirit of fear. And, you know, it's really easy, 
especially in the current light to live in fear and mm-hmm. and you know rightly so there's a lot of scary things out there a lot of things that are uncertain but the one thing that remains constant and the one thing that has helped me through the pandemic through the election season through you know what whatever we talk about you know through friendships relationships etc was yeah. no matter what happens with that God's still going to be able to use me because he has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. And I think that's just a beautiful example of Paul building up Timothy, who, for your information, Timothy started his ministry very young, right? Yeah. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't your typical... Uh, I'm going to start in my twenties type of guy. You know, he started, yeah. uh, some scholars think that he started at age 16. Right. Yeah. And so my goodness, like God used Timothy and Timothy was probably scared and, and probably did not know what to do. And Paul's like, look, and we get to verse four, you know, he's like, when he's telling him to preach a word, he's like, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season season. and out of season. Mm -hmm. That's important because I think sometimes we aren't ready to be in season or out of season because we think we need to have all these qualifications. Mm -hmm. But no, it doesn't say, you know, could have easily said, preach the word, be ready with your qualifications in season and out of season. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I'm adding to the scripture, don't strike me dead. um, (laughs) But that's not what it says. (laughs) That's not what it says. What it says is be ready no matter what. Yeah. In season now, so to be ready. <laughs> and and what you guys want to look that up at home. That's uh second Timothy, the first chapter and verse four is where Christian was at. And he was at verse right. seven uh, a bit ago. So just read those few verses in a row. Uh, second Timothy chapter one, verses four through seven, Ch- chapter one, verse seven, and then uh, chapter four, verses one through two. Okay. Chapter that's four, verses at. one through two. So there you go. That's the, the scriptures on that. But yeah, absolutely. Um, Timothy's a, a great example that I hadn't even really thought of. I mean, I've thought of him before um, quite yeah. a bit, but yeah, he, he obviously wasn't, and he wasn't uh, qualified in the world's eyes, but also he was following Paul, who is who I just read from when First Corinthians, that was a letter from Paul. Paul wasn't qualified either. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, he was actually very disqualified in his worldly works. Um, but then it comes to being a Christ follower and, and the, if any example of anyone, man, he was completely changed. Oh. And so, right. The cross mm. qualified, not qualified, brought him to the cross. And I, I talked. Powerful. Oh, yes. I, I, I got to touch on this a little bit. I talked about this in my last podcast. Um, and I talked about how, <laughs> you know, Ananias. It's called to, right? And I want to read a little bit in Acts chapter 9, just the conversion yeah. of Saul story a little bit, because this is very uh, inspiring to me. It says, Ananias, and it says, get up and go to a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man named Saul, right? He's like giving him all these instructions on where yep. to go, lay your hands on him and stuff. And Ananias' response here, I just laughed to myself because how many times have I done this in question if God's going to use me or use other people? <laughs> he says, Lord, I've heard many things about this man, how much harm he did to your saints at Jerusalem. He's like, and here he has all the authority from the chief priests to blind all who call on your name. And and, and Ananias is basically like, you want to use this guy who has been persecuting Christians. That's kind of counterproductive, God. Like, I'm kind of confused here. You know who this is, right? (laughs) Right. But I love, I love what God says here. He says, go 
for he is the chosen instrument of mine mm -hmm. and he will see how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And then we fast forward a couple scriptures later when he's talking about everything he goes through from being shipwrecked to stone. And that just like that little section in Acts and then you turn over to Second Corinthians when he's given his defense and, mm -hmm. and saying, I've, I've suffered like, oh my goodness, I've seen so many good things come out of this. And it's crazy because Ananias probably was shocked yeah I, I i don't you know i i if i was him i'd be like you seriously this guy but sometimes <laughs> god works through those people we don't expect and he works through me mm -hmm. when i'm like you want to use me for this like i'm not a people person that whatever okay you know yeah. and so <laughs> and it, it really brings it into the um the idea of uh, do we really trust god and and what he's doing because think of you know if ananias really didn't trust god and he saw saul and he was like, no, there's no way. I don't, <laughs> no way. But he did trust God. And so, I mean, it wasn't easy, but he did, yeah. he did walk with this man who I don't think he trusted at the time, but he did trust God enough to be, mm. to, to follow and to say, okay, okay. Yeah. That's a great example. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Paul, Paul is, uh, oh, you, you'll so probably good. find, you'll probably find a lot of, um, ministry majors or people in ministry who we probably focus on Paul too much, but we just really like him. He's really easy to relate to. Um, My favorite character in the New Testament, <laughs> which is pretty generic, but no. yeah. And I, I know that it's, you know, he, we have much more important people to talk to. We have Christ, but out of all of the people that went and did work in the early church, pretty impressive guy that we, so influential, so human, so human. Yes. Yeah, so was, human. Uh, he was weak. In God's eyes, because he was a persecutor, but then he was made great. And so... He was weak. Yeah. <laughs> it's even weak by human standards, if you look at later in his ministry. You know, old man, hunchback, like crazy stuff. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I... Before, you know, as we kind of get... We're over halfway through this episode now, and I, I just want to... I want to point this to you, because... Um, in your piece of the bread podcast where you kind of uh, open up the word and take a piece of the word every couple of days, you've been looking at kind of these characters throughout scripture. And I think a lot of these characters that you've been talking about kind of fit this idea of, you know, not the qualified, mm. but, but the called. And so I was wondering if there's any, you know, you can share lots of tidbits or even just one of these people that you've been talking about. Mm. Is there anything that's like really grabbed you out of those? Yeah, I think the one that struck me the most was when Austin was on the show and we talked about David because uh -huh. if you look at everything David went through throughout his entire life, he had everything going against him. <laughs> um, and I always, I use the example in that episode of, you know, Samuel has the cream of the crop to pick from, right? He has these really burly brothers of David that he could pick to become king, which the world would think, yeah, dude, this guy benches 225, that's go get guy, him. Right? And so I use the example of like, it's like if Samuel were to come anoint me and he picked me, a small youngest of the family over my brother, Jeremiah, who's like this big burly guy or my brother Bennett, who's in the air force and big burly. Right. And <laughs> yeah. anyway, by world standards, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. But by God's standards, it makes perfect sense because, again, God uses those ordinary people for extraordinary things. My mm -hmm. goodness, David takes down a giant yeah. with a single stone. Yeah. He his, his scripture tells us he grabs multiple stones, but he only need one. 
because he had faith in God yeah. and God was going to use him. And I'm sure David questioned it. I'm sure David was like, okay, have you seen my brothers? Like, you, you want to <laughs> anoint me? Dude, I was, out, I was out tending to the sheep. Like, you know, and it's, and it's I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, fully there. Like, I, I love that part of David's story because mm. um, the story of, of David and Goliath, you know, we think of it as a kid's story, but like, it's, it's great because there's lots to pull out of it. Um, even in the recording of the scripture, we have that they put on armor onto David and he was so right. small that it just, they didn't have anything that fit him. It all just fell off. So they're like, ah, whatever, just go out there. You're going to die anyway. But <laughs> it just, it shows so much about how he really, really was not a soldier, but yet he was the soldier that took down the giant. And so it's what's like, whoa. <laughs> and what's so cool about that too is, you know, Israel complained for years to want a king. They said, you know, we want a king, we want a king. God's like, okay, fine. I'm going to give you Saul. God knowing that in his plan, Saul was not the right king for Israel. He knew that from the beginning. Yeah. But God was saying, okay, I'm going to give you Saul. You know, it's kind of like, fine. It's kind of like when your toddler is in the grocery store. It's like, can we have Lucky Charms? Can we have Lucky Charms? Fine. And then you throw it in the cart, right? Not parenting. Not parenting advice. Not not, not, not parenting advice. Do not do that. Anyway, um, but like when... When we get to David, we finally get to see the fulfillment of what God would want mm-hmm. his king to look like in Israel. And I'm sure, you know, from the very start, if Israel never asked for a king, I'm sure David would still fit into God's plan. Huh. Yeah. Because David was a man after God's own heart, mm-hmm. even after mm-hmm. he messed up with Bathsheba, yeah. messed up with Uriah, you know, like. That's right. He the sends, story of Daniel yeah. isn't over at. Um, at you know, the giant, it's not over, but when he becomes king and is anointed, it's, it's not, it's not over until uh, much later we go through the Psalms and we read Mm -hmm. where David's at. Right. Because yeah, yeah, he was still a man. He sinned. He had struggles. Um, There was, there's times where he's pleading with God to just kill him because he's such a sinner. And, and that, yeah, that's another one of those people that's like, yeah, he's a human. He's a human. What I find is interesting is that even after we talk about him sending Bathsheba's husband to the front of the line to get killed. Look at everything he did. If any politician did that today, they'd be whoop out of office right away. <laughs> um, but like God, he's still a man after God's own heart. And it's so interesting because if, when you look at just that little story about how he like later on, he, he loses his first child with Bathsheba due to that sin. And instead his servants are puzzled by it. And I've always loved this part of scripture because while the baby was alive, he was mourning in, mm-hmm. in sackcloth and ashes. And it was doing the typical uh, Jewish mourning rituals. Then when he died, he got up, was take it. Scripture tells us take food. It was strengthened. You know, mm-hmm. he starts to eat and the, and the servants are like, what the heck? What? Like you did that so backwards. <laughs> backwards. Like the, the baby's alive. Go hold him. He's not going to be for much longer, but you know, and, Huh. I just love that because that really shows that David understood. Yeah. David was a man after God's own heart. He understood where he sinned and understood where his shortcomings were. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's really, that's, that's good stuff to think about because mm. I mean, coming back to what we were talking about is even after, you know, you've, you've expanded what you think your qualifications are, you can still um, kind of be brought back down at times and be unqualified yet again. <laughs> and that was David. That was David. And that's that's the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And I made that point, you know, in my own podcast, but that is the Bible. Like every example we have, you know, look at Jesus. He's born in a manger, yeah. came from a carpenter. He, you know, carpenters were not very common um, or were not very like popular people, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, not of status. for sure. Not of status. And you look at how Jesus treated people. Mm-hmm. He, to, I, I use this analogy with my teens, so bear with me. It might be a little weird. But it, it's like, because we live close to Washington, there's a lot of fish, right? So a lot of okay. fish barrels. Yeah. And so I said, Jesus' ministry was a lot like a fish barrel because he chose people to work through that were considered the scum at the bottom of the barrel. Mm-hmm. Instead of picking the fresh fish at the top, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all those people, he chose to use the the as one of the teens in my in my class put it the the barnacles that the fish eat you know like like Jesus used the most unexpected people to do extraordinary things because yeah. it's the world expected him to use the leaders of the day right mm-hmm. the right. world's expected him to use the Pharisees and the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus again and again and he got out of it in style yeah. again and again yeah. and again and that's just so inspiring to me just coming to that realization that I don't have to have all the schooling in the world. I don't have to have 14 doctorates in Hebrew and Latin and Roman. And like, yeah, I can be a guy off the street who is, has a prison ministry. Yeah. Be a guy off the street who um, just has a passion for people who are disenfranchised, you know, and things like that. and I mean, and I think bringing it back to where we are in the in the church, in the modern church today, I think a lot of times we do sometimes see people who are successful, who have qualified themselves in, in worldly standards to be in ministry. And they yeah. exist. But also, I, sometimes some of the most impressive people that we would consider successful at ministry have come from the most unlikely places. Yeah, You know, some of the most successful people were the people that were completely consumed by, by drugs or addiction. Maybe they were uh, in the gang lifestyle and, and mm-hmm. killed people. But yet those are the people that come and then bring the ministry and bring people to Christ. And I right. think it was like, wow, that's not at all what I would think the qualification no. for effective ministry b- would be. But, but that's in- how God uses them. Even when you want to talk about like some of the scholars, you look at C.S. Lewis and Mm -hmm. he was an atheist for his entire life, mostly before he became a Christian theologian. And you look at a lot of those theologians in the, in the past, they had some crazy lives. Yeah. And you know, I I love, I love C.S. Lewis. I love his writings. I love um, a lot of what he brought to, to, you know, Christianity as a whole. And what, why I think he had such a big impact because people connected with it. Like, Hey, I used to be an atheist, Yeah, but it makes, you know, things of that nature. And I'm not just, you know, picking on that and certain you can topic, go, but like, can go even more, go anything <laughs> too. Um, let me make sure I say his name, right. Lee Strobel, right. Would be yes, the, the yes. Case for Christ guy. Same, same situation where, you know, tried so hard because he was an atheist to prove that scripture and Christ did not exist. And, and this was not right. a real, in the in the course of it, convinced himself and became a Christian. Yeah, and, and, and I he think didn't. That's powerful. He didn't. He didn't have a. It is. He didn't have a doctorate in Bible. He, he's a lawyer. You know, like yeah. it's a journal. You know, he was a journalist. journalist he was a lawyer. I think. But that's still amazing to me that God, God uses us 
even when we think that he's not going to. And, you know, I, I tell myself that because ministry is not easy. Um, no matter what industry you go into, yeah. um, it's hard. But it's important to remember that it's God. It's not me. It's yeah. not about my accolades. It's not about how well I can stand up and lead a song on Sunday. Well, that's important. <laughs> that's important and like, for it's you. Good that, <laughs> it's good that, you know, it's important for me because it's good that I lead a song in tune. But ultimately, it's when I'm up there, sometimes I forget that I'm on stage because mm-hmm. I really feel that God is just speaking through me. And sometimes after I preach even, like, or teach a class, it's like, where did that come from? Like when we sit down to do these, when I sit down to do this podcast with you, yeah. ideas just start to flow. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to be honest, I don't do a lot of preparation <laughs> and so it, it, when it comes to podcasts and yeah. like with my piece of the bread stuff, I just dig in and it's like, wow, God, just boom, you know, and I'm not saying don't do preparation, <laughs> you know, you should, that's important, but like God can speak with us even when we think we're not ready yeah. to. Well, and I think you, you hit on a good point there. Uh, this whole episode, we're not saying, you know, don't prepare, don't study the word um, because it's trying to qualify yourself. And we're not also saying, we're also not saying don't go to school and things like that. But really it is, it's the mindset that we want to make sure we keep ourselves in. We can't let ourselves be consumed by the idea that, you know, I have to do this to be qualified, but rather maybe because I am so called, let me continue to learn so I can be, you know, useful as much as possible not because i need it to be called but that i because i i want to keep learning about god i want to keep learning about his scripture and so if you take that approach to things and you don't make it a mandatory rule or mandatory that your preacher has a degree a master's a doctorate you don't make it mandatory for ministry that allows you to still do those things if if you feel called to continue your ministry in that way um but yet you know, it's not the qualifications you have to have. So all of that to say yeah. is like, we're not saying you can't do these things. You can't <laughs> get a master's right. degree, you know, because you sure can. But it, you got to remember, just like in First Corinthians, that the cross is it. The cross is the biggest thing you will ever be able to say because you know it because of the salvation it's granted you. So if you know the Greek and the Hebrew better, well, sure, that could be helpful, but doesn't take away from the cross because that's it right there the cross it's unchanging that message is unchanging it's the same that it was yesterday it's the same it's going to be tomorrow and whether you feel called to go to college go to college yeah you feel called to get your master's doctorates uh bachelor's whatever in ministry do that because that nothing that we feel like we're called to is necessarily not from god Hmm. and if you feel on the flip side if you feel called to go into a ministry that is feeding the sick is being a doctor you know our jobs our vocational jobs are a lot hmm. uh, in a lot of ways a chance to share jesus and a ministry in and of itself absolutely absolutely and so don't let yourself be hindered don't don't let other people drag you down because you're not qualified i, I think that's probably the hardest yeah. pill to swallow out of all of this is that that really does happen. And I, I don't know about you, Christian, but that has happened to me. I have had people yes. um, try and bring me down 
because I'm unqualified. And that's, uh, that's kind of where I started with this. And that's why I don't necessarily promote my qualifications very much. I do have them hanging in my office because I feel like you have to hang your diploma. <laughs> I do like too, that? yeah. <laughs> um, you, you have to hang it. This, it's just a piece of paper though. We all realize that, right? <laughs> but $80,000 later. $100,000 piece of paper up on the wall. But anyway, um, really just coming back to the point is it's amazing who we can be because of the salvation of Christ. It's amazing Amen. what we don't have to be and what qualifications we don't have to have because God will use us. And that is yeah. the important thing. And don't let yourself be drugged down. I feel like kind of our core audience is kind of young, young, but full adult people, 20s, right? And, um, and that can really happen to a lot of us. Don't let people bring you down because you don't have the qualifications. And if you do have the qualifications, don't use them to bring other people down. <laughs> That's kind of the flip side of that coin. Um, don't, don't use them to bring other people down. Did you have, I got one else? last, yes, one last scripture perfect. to share with people. First uh, Timothy four twelve. Let no one look down on you because you are young, but send an example for the believers in love, faith, hope, and purity and show yourself an example of those who believe. So even if you're the youngest guy in the room, you can still teach people. Yeah, even if you're the youngest guy in the room, you can still teach people. Even if you're the least qualified in the room, you can still teach God's word and the gospel. Mm. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, that's that's perfect, Christian. We're just kind of running up to our last few minutes here. But thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. Um, you know, appreciate it. It doesn't really, <laughs> it sounds really bad, but it doesn't really matter how many of you listen. I think Christian and I would enjoy having this time of discussion, fellowship and study. If two of you listened, um, <laughs> but, but the cool part is there is listeners and we want to encourage you to share it with your friends and family. If it's something that you think that might be useful to them. I think a lot of people in the church might like to hear topics like this, but also <laughs> The, the kind of the reason this is designed is it can be evangelistic a little bit. I mean, we know a lot of people in the world who feel like they can never be qualified enough. And talking mm -hmm. about today is, man, the qualifications don't really matter to God and to Christ. So we encourage you to share this podcast, share our website, liveboldpodcast.com. We just mm -hmm. love having the listeners and we'd love to hear from you. So if you have any thoughts on the episode, shoot us a message, find us on Facebook. I don't know, do whatever you do. The internet's huge, um, <laughs> but we'd love to hear from you. And, and we appreciate you guys being listeners, but Christian, and I'll still do it. Even if there's two of you, that's the whole, point. that's right. <laughs> we get as much out of this as you do. <laughs> so probably maybe even, probably even more, probably I'll more. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll say that right now. I also want to give a shout out to our continual sponsor, Ragamuffin Coalition. You can find them at ragamuffinco.com. They are awesome. They they have stickers and shirts and gear all based around the idea of just go, go share the gospel, just go hike a mountain, just go. And so pretty cool stuff. Use the promo code LIVEBOLD20 at checkout and get some deals. Get some deals. It's great. Save me $8. It was great. <laughs> $8. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. it is. Yeah. <laughs> but again, we also want to thank all of our monthly supporters, weekly supporters that uh, support us via Anchor. So check that out as well if that's something you like to do. But as always, guys, let us sign off here. I'm Harold. I'm Christian. Serve God, love people, tell your story, and live bold. Thanks for listening.
The Live Bold Podcast is a production of 323 Media.